talk about a little headline that uh, does get a lot of attention, but it should because we're told, you know, we're told a lot of things about Mali, but I don't know if we're being told the truth because you got to wonder, is it actually a peacekeeping mission? This is a country embroiled in full-blown insurgency with as uh, many as 20 different terror and rebel groups with links to ISIS and Al-Qaeda. And we've got 250 Canadian troops taking part in this year-long mission to get the injured to hospital. And I think the, the Trudeau liberals hope that this mission is going to score brownie points for Trudeau with the United Nations. But they also hope that this mission uh, signals our return to world peace, you know, peacekeeping. But uh, we're talking about one of the most dangerous countries in the world. And 173 peacekeepers have been killed. So is this peacekeeping or is this actually a different kind of mission? Let's ask someone who is... In the action all day, Aaron O'Toole, MP for the Conservatives. He joins me now. Hello there. Hi, Alex. How do you see this mission? It doesn't get a lot of talk. It's just started to kind of make news this week as we hear of of Canada's role and what we're doing. But there is a debate as to whether this is a peacekeeping mission or maybe an anti-terror. Well, actually, there's been no debate. In fact, the Liberals refused to have a debate in Parliament on this deployment. And the Conservatives had a debate every time we deployed. Uh, We had two with respect to the ISIS deployment. So we're quite disappointed by that. I think Parliament, uh, while while it is the prerogative of the government, uh, so Cabinet, uh, if you can't defend within Parliament to 338 MPs uh, the rationale for us going, what's our national interest, what's the plan, what's our objective, uh, what you expect in terms of potential risks, casualties. If you're not willing to do that, maybe you should think twice about sending them. So we've had concerns that the Liberals have have rushed this through. You don't hear a lot about it, uh, and I'm glad you're covering it, Alex, because the Liberals are hoping they can keep some of their UN pledges mm-hmm. for their lobbying efforts for the Security Council seat. But they know there's really no national objective for us there. They know it's a mess. They know it's a risk. And it's not a peacekeeping mission. As you said, it's really really a counterinsurgency with a couple of dozen groups, you know, six or seven main ones um, that, uh, that aren't demarked on two sides of a line or mm-hmm. something like in Cyprus. So it's a very dangerous mission. Well, it is, but I'm not sure what we expect of the outcome because we're talking about a country that... Um, you know, the, the violence is spreading now from the north through the whole country. And you wonder, what's the risk worth? It's a year-long mission. You know, we might score brownie points with the United Nations, but ultimately we're not going to solve the problems of Mali. Well, and the Liberals have floated around. There's been talk of it being one year, three year. Uh, originally, when they said a deployment to Africa back in 2016, they said they were going to send up to uh, 600 Um, So they've been all over the map on this, and that's what concerns us. This seems to be a cobbled-together quick mission to satisfy their lobbying efforts. In fact, Alex, we've replaced the Germans, our air crew, and I'm former air crew, so I'm very proud of our men and women of the RCAF. We're sending four, or we have four Griffins and two Chinooks um, uh, doing operations there. We replaced the Germans who had helicopter gunships, given the nature of it. We don't have those in our uh, in our arsenal or in our fleet. So we're not even sending the, the right equipment. Fortunately, the Conservatives uh, reacquired some Chinooks for our Afghanistan mission, so we at least have a, a heavy lift army helicopter. But it's not even the right equipment for this type of role and, and very minimal defensive uh, uh, armament. So that's what worries me as well. Is, uh, does peacekeeping even exist anymore? 
No. Otherwise, uh, it does in in uh, the liberal uh, myth- mythology that they try and trot out in every election to make it seem like they understand defense policy. The Pearsonian notion of peacekeeping, uh, circa the, the Suez crisis, and, you know, we were in Cyprus, I think, for about 40 years, the Canadian Armed Forces, where you're enforcing a stopping of violence, <clears throat> enforcing peace. That's not the case here. There's insurgent groups with uh, delightful names like the Signed in Blood Battalion <laughs> that are are uh, are running roughshod over areas uh, uh, of the north of Mali, and this is this is really for a dedicated military force. That's what the French are doing. They're fighting a counterinsurgency and hoping that as they do some work, they can backfill it with a with a UN mission. But the UN should be for when peace is is in in full bloom, and it's not there. Right, and of course there's been no debate on this, so there's still a lot of unknowns, and uh, I guess we'll have to wait and see and hope to God that no one uh, comes home down that highway of heroes. Um, I don't have a lot of time, but I do want to ask you, because I've got you on the phone, uh, about, you know, and I'm starting to hear more and more chatter as we see, you know, the Twitter, Twitter echo chamber. There's an awful lot of talk about NAFTA falling apart, and, you know, do you get the sense that that, that is what's happening? Um I've got the sense since the Mexican-U.S. deal that we were essentially in a take-it-or-leave-it situation. And I think the, the Trudeau government's dragging this out a bit, trying to sort of manufacture storylines to show that if they defend culture or they defend Chapter 19 or something, that those are huge wins. I think the, the essential parts of the deal on issues related to the uh, automotive industry in North America, agriculture, including supply management, I think a lot of those are done, and we're being presented with a take-it-or-leave-it. You know, when Minister Freeland had a, had a five-minute meeting mm-hmm. a number of days ago with, with USTR uh, Ambassador Lighthizer, that says a lot. And, and the fact that there are no scheduled talks. No scheduled talks. At all. And yeah. this is as much their fault as anyone else's. As you may recall, last summer we said that the Trudeau government was using domestic political posturing, the so-called progressive agenda, um, talking environment, indigenous issues, those sorts of things, to Donald Trump when they knew full well he was not going to engage. We had said last year, use the auto industry, get Canada's issues solved first, talk steel, talk tariffs, talk security, and then get out of the talks because we knew the the wage rate issue would have been Mexico. Mexico outmaneuvered us here, Alex. Yeah. Well, the bottom di- deal. Uh, bottom line is, uh, we've got the leader saying that he's gone. He's not going to sign a deal, a bad deal. He will wait this thing out. But I mean, it really, to me, it sounds astonishing that we would put so much risk at all Canadians for political gain. It. it I can't imagine. It, this. This, uh, I guess, is what Justin Trudeau. Uh, meant when he said Canada's back. You know, we're we we've isolated even our NAFTA trading allies. I've lost count of the number of countries that have been upset with Canada in the last year. Australia, New Zealand, uh, India. You know, that trip was mm-hmm. legendary. This is a, a prime minister that has been a disaster on the on the world stage, uh, posturing and preening when he should have been advancing our interests. And and uh, you know, it's a shame because I think we we put a lot of goodwill out there on trade, on defense, on a strong position against Russia uh, under the conservative government under Prime Minister Harper. And I've seen no principle and I've seen so much image and and flash that has really offended a lot of countries. Yeah, for sure. Stay tuned. Thanks so much for joining me. Appreciate it. Anytime, Alex. That is Aaron O'Toole, of course, conservative MP for Durham, also the critic of uh, foreign affairs and international development. And it's just in the last uh, day, and certainly in the last couple of hours that we're seeing all these 
headlines about NAFTA falling apart. This is On Point here on Global News Radio.